Welcome to the Gov Innovator Podcast. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is what it takes to create a successful evaluation office within an agency. Our guest is Susan Jenkins of the Administration for Community Living within HHS. Here's a clip. When people tell me about how their program is doing, how many people they've served, how many units of service they've provided, how many trainings they've done, they know, and actually sometimes people say it for me because they know I'm going to ask this question, so what? The purpose isn't the number of people served. It's are those people doing better as a result of our services? Are they, their families, their caregivers, their communities better? Since 2016, Dr. Susan Jenkins has been the director of the Office of Performance and Evaluation at the Administration for Community Living, or ACL, at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. ACL's mission is to maximize the independence, well-being, and health of older Americans, people with disabilities, and their families and caregivers. Both ACL and Dr. Jenkins have been recognized by Results for America for their leadership in creating a culture of evidence-based decision-making within the agency. She also teaches program evaluation at American University and, prior to ACL, served on the evaluation staff of the Peace Corps. Susan, it's good to have you with us. Welcome. Thank you. It's really good to be with you. So, Susan, you've identified three characteristics that, from your experience, have been really important for creating a successful evaluation office. And I want to walk through with our audience each one of those. But before we do, can I ask you to give us the bigger picture here, which is how do you describe what success looks like for an evaluation office? A successful performance and evaluation office has to both make sure that it has valid, reliable data, data that accurately represent the programs and policies of the agency and tell us whether those programs and policies are being effective in helping us to meet the agency mission and goals. But another part of a successful performance and evaluation office is to build the capacity of the agency, the agency staff, and our grantees and other stakeholders. So we do have to work across the agency and with our stakeholders to make sure that they understand the value of data, how to use those data, and they play their part in creating those data collaboratively. And Susan, to achieve those goals of accurate information about programs and building capacity within the agency to use evidence, you've identified three characteristics of your office that have helped. And I'll just give our audience a heads up that is trustworthiness, being engaging, and being relentless. Tell us about the first one, if you would, in terms of the importance of trustworthiness in your work. Absolutely. Trust really is the foundation of our work. In order to get good data, in order for people to spend the time to produce accurate, valid, and reliable data, they have to trust that we're going to use those data in a good way, that we're going to represent those data accurately, and that they're not going to be surprised by how their data are ultimately disseminated in reports and the decisions that are made from those data. Some years ago, there was an adversarial relationship between our Office of Performance and Evaluation and program staff. And we found resistance in working with them for them to really open up so that we could get a full picture of their programs. So we started to do a few things that helped to build that needed trust and collaboration. What we do now is we always ask program staff and leadership 
what it is that they need to know about their program. And that's a way that we can involve them in developing the evaluation questions and really getting them to be excited about the evaluation and the data that we would be collecting and reporting. We meet regularly with them throughout the evaluation process so that they can fully understand that process and the schedule. And in turn, because of these conversations, they alert us to things that are going to make our evaluations easier or harder. So for example, if there's a certain time frame that it's not good to collect data, they let us know there's a big grantee meeting at that time or their annual reporting is due at that time. Asking them for evaluation data is not going to be helpful. So the trust really goes two ways. A couple of other things that we do is we ask them to review the data collection tools. We ultimately are responsible for those tools and that data collection, but then they can give us input into making sure that the language that we're going to use for those tools is going to make sense to the people that we're collecting data from. So we collect more valid data. And then we also engage them in data interpretation to make sure that what we think are important findings are actually practical and actionable. But probably the two most important things that we've done is we start the evaluation planning with program staff by saying that we know you find your program to be good and valuable. We will look as hard as we have to until we find that value as well. We may find things that are not valuable, things that need change, things that are negative, and we won't hide them. We have a responsibility through our evaluation policy and other um, ethical agreements to put those things forward, but we will search until we find that value. And to that end, we also allow the program staff to review the reports before they're finalized so that they can write a forward. So that doesn't mean that they can change the data that are in the reports. We still report the positive and the negative, but by writing a forward, they may be able to explain some of those negative findings, put them in context. And so this has resulted in better data and more useful evaluation products. I think that's so useful, Susan. And am I right that when you say, well, we'll keep working until we find value in your program, that's not about prejudging the results at all, but it is about saying we as an evaluation function aren't stacked, stacking the deck against you in some way. We're not biased against your program. Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah, we're not letting them tell us what we're going to find and we're not telling them what we're going to find, but we're also guaranteeing to them that we're not stacked against them, that we're not trying to defund their program. We're not trying to catch them out in some way. Got it. And the second characteristic that you found to be very useful is being engaging. Tell us about that if you would. Mm -hmm. It's very important to engage people. Staff and stakeholders need to feel respected and included. They need to feel that they can ask us questions throughout the process. As I mentioned before, we had some more adversarial relationship with our office previously. And some of the comments that I heard at that time were people felt maybe that they were being talked down to. And so we made it a mission to be more engaging. That means that we share our methods and analytic approaches with staff so that there are no surprises. We involve them in thinking those things through. We involve them in how we're going to communicate the information out with the final reports and other materials that come out. And for agency staff, we really do encourage dialogue. And that means that ultimately we've been invited to conduct trainings with them on a range of evaluation tools and approaches and with their grantees. So we're open with the grantees as well. 
And we have a number of user-friendly and attractive toolkits that we've put forward, again, so that people who may not want to ask us a question or may feel that they should know the answer, they can look at these toolkits and their own time and make themselves more comfortable. We have a toolkit, for example, on logic models. We have a toolkit on systems change evaluation, a toolkit on performance measurement, a range of toolkits. And they all include examples from the program staff of our actual data, of our actual programs, of our actual evaluations, so that it's more realistic. It's not just a theoretical toolkit. It really applies to our programs. And we find that to be engaging for folks. The other thing is we call ourselves the friendly data nerds. And so we invite staff and grantees to engage with us in that way as well. We have a number of contests that are actively asking people to engage with us. One was called Friends of Data. People love this contest when they hear about it. And the point was anyone could be a friend of data. If they were curious about data, they tried to work with data, they asked us questions about data, they were a friend of data. So we would get a blurb from them or we would write a blurb and then they would approve it about why they were a friend of data. And we would post that prominently within the office. And we had a picture of that staff person with a button that we gave away that said, I am an ACL friend of data. The purpose of this was to highlight the people and reward them in a certain way, recognize them for being a friend of data, but then also to highlight their stories to show other folks there are a lot of different ways to be friends of data. And we respect that and we honor that and we want people to be any type of friend of data to us that they want to be, something that makes sense to them. They don't have to like statistics, they don't have to like math, but they can still be a friend of data. And honestly, after a while, people started to clamor for those buttons. You know, it really, it worked. You know, people outside of the agency asked for those buttons, to be honest. Um, we had to mail them to the regional administrators. It became a thing. It seems a little silly, but it really was a way, a non-threatening way to engage people with the evidence building process. And people have contributed a lot to us. And ultimately we've developed new partnerships, new relationships and expanded partnerships and relationships with other parts of the agency because of this approach that we've had. Friends of Data is such a great example of a creative approach to being engaging. So thanks for sharing that with us. I wanna ask you about the last characteristic and that is relentlessness. The thing that I found about building an evidence or learning culture is it really is a constant effort. It has to be consistent. And so when people come to our office or they come to me, invite any of us to a meeting about a new program, they know that we're gonna ask them questions about how are they gonna measure what their program's doing? How are they gonna define the outcomes or the goals that they want to achieve? And so they know that every single time. We're very consistent with that. We also look for new ways to include staff in evidence building and have a number of different committees. For example, we started a data council, which includes agency staff from across the agency. And we asked them about data governance and we involved them on a regular basis. The other thing is, because I'm so relentless, people now think of me as the so what person. When people tell me about how their program is doing, how many people they've served, how many units of service they've provided, how many trainings they've done, they know, and actually sometimes people say it for me because they know I'm going to ask this question, so what? The purpose isn't the number of people served. It's are those people doing better as a result of our services? Are they, their families, their caregivers, their communities better? 
Are the organizations that we're training and those staff, are they doing better to make the lives of people that we serve better? And so I always ask that, so what question? And I will say that the three things go together. By being trustworthy and open, I think staff and our stakeholders tolerate or even appreciate, they've come to expect that relentlessness. And so that that helps us a lot. And they know that with us being relentless and asking those questions, we will also be relentless in working with them to help to answer those questions. We're there to support them as well. I know, Susan, that your insights are going to be much appreciated by our listeners within the federal evidence community, within agencies, but the same principles uh, are just as useful for state and local evidence efforts as well. So thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. And if it's not obvious, I could talk about this all day. So thank you for giving me a chance. 